We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about now? There we Hello. go. There Hello. we go. Yeah. Hey, we got it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Everything was working perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine until I barely <laughs> pressed live and it blew out every audio setting. Thankfully, the big dummy saved all of his settings. So I was able to literally dump everything out and dump it right back in. But for whatever reason, it decided it wanted to take a giant crap there. So sorry about that, guys. Um, it, this is this is just how it goes. That's, I've accepted that, that that is my fate at this point in time, that for whatever reason, it doesn't really want to cooperate from the first first time go. But welcome in. We appreciate it. Uh, welcome in to Jack Ramsey, Danny Brang, Brandon Sprague. Let's try this again when you guys can actually hear me. Um, Brandon gave me gave us a couple of questions to kind of go off of here. This is kind of like some more theory, um, idea type stuff. And a lot of this, if you listen to uh, Richmond and I for, I gave him three episodes, <laughs> give an hour and a half of content. And I think he asked like maybe three questions the entire time. God, you, I, you know, I heard the first half of it. I didn't finish it yet. And I was like, wow, Danny's really just going to make this his own podcast. I love this. Yeah, no, he, he just like, I, I, I think that's what he wanted. Oh, he definitely wanted. He it. was going on vacation. I think he was like, "Content, baby, content. <laughs> Let content monkey go." <laughs> he was. I think he was very much in line for that. So, uh, uh, and we'll have Mike return the favor here in a little bit. Uh, but again, welcome in. Uh, we'll do one a week, maybe two a week when we have some stuff coming in. Um, we were going to have Ant tomorrow, but Brandon can't do it tomorrow, so we're going to do it next week. Are we good to do it next yeah, week? I didn't know if you were going to have a, okay. I literally, I literally just texted me as I kicked, as I kicked this back live. So cool. We'll, cool. We'll, we'll have Ant on next week. Uh, I'm still working to secure some other guys for the uh, rest of the season. Um, or say for the rest of the off season. Um, I'm working on a couple people well, apparently closer. Hold on. Bloop. Oh. I think it looped your audio. There we go. Oh. Am I good? Yeah, you're, you should be good now. It, okay. it, it, had a, it had a reverb on you for whatever. Like I said, it's... <sighs> Nothing ever works right the first time. We can't have nice things. No, we um, can't. No. <laughs> we, we just can't. From the team to the podcast. Uh, I'm working on a couple people, uh, m- largely in like the September, like near when camp's about to get going yep. and 
I'm kind of working on some more like guest oriented talking ball, talking blazers, you know, fun based interviews. So yeah, no, we got absolutely. that we got we got a bunch of stuff coming. Um we should be getting the uh actual schedule out here very soon within the next couple days. Um we may get some um this year little uh extension stuff in uh what a month and a half or so if it's going to happen i imagine it's going to happen right as the season starts if they come to agreement on that are you um, expect uh, you're do you think it's going to happen i think there's a solid chance i i think there's enough i, I think number one this year is not a guy who's um I don't want to say fooling himself because he's not fooling himself because he's a hell of a player. But I don't think he has any illusions of, like, he's a superstar and he's going to hang out and he's going to demand X, Y, and Z. I think if, it, if there's a dollar point that makes sense for the Blazers, that makes sense for him and his representation, I think mm-hmm. they find it. I, I genuinely think Nasir wants to be here, and I think he wants to be in a role that kind of, like, locked into it. I, I What I think of Nas, I think of a guy who doesn't – not that he doesn't care about that stuff – but that he's he just wants to play. Yeah. If, if if he can have that stuff put like squared away, put aside by the before the season starts, great. If not, then they'll revisit in the off season. It kind of benefits both too, to be honest with you, because Nas will secure a bit of a bag, feel yeah. a little better about himself financially, and then also the Blazers will probably get a good number. Given they'll, like they'll get a better number before the season than right. they will get after the season, barring sure. anything. Sure. Up. But like if you're talking about trajectory, yes, and I think that's yeah. that's kind of where. Ultimately, they kind of hope this all lands. Um, what do you think about the dollar amount that is for Nas of the Blazers? I would imagine that sweet spot's like 15, 16, 17 a year, somewhere in that range, that four-year 72. I think. Oh, you think it's going to be 472? I think that's probably about right. Okay. Good, good for him. <laughs> I mean, damn, you get $72 million locked up. But good see, here's, here's the thing. like, That's going to be like – close to MLE money in like five years? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not saying that number is huge. I just, you surprised me with the years in the amount. I was thinking shorter. No, it'll be four. Baller. It'll okay. be four for sure. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if it wasn't four, unless he has like a tremendous injury heading into camp. And well, I know, we don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody um, wants to see that. But I, I think that's probably, probably where it would end up. I think that's a, that's a couple extra bucks than maybe Nasir has shown as far as like put on paper, like consistently, but also at the same time, like if he stays healthy, I, I think it's pretty easy to see him being like a 14, six, two guy with, be the great. Sw- with the swing skill being his three point shooting. It would be fantastic. If those are his numbers, I'd be happy. Yeah. And I think if you're paying what amounts to like 15, $16 million a year, which right now you're like, Oh my God, 15, 16 million a year. Nurk just got 18. It's like, Here's the thing. You're talking about the extension doesn't start for another year, so the cap goes up. So those deals that are like 10, 12, 13 now, right. when you go up again, now the 13, 14, 15 are like those deals were the year before. So I think that's kind of like the sweet spot. Like, Nasir Little should probably be paid solid, like amicable starting level money. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, again, I just I think it benefits both sides to kind of get something like that worked up. If he can get through the season healthy, which is obviously everybody's hope, I think we're going to feel really good about that contract uh, after the season. Yeah, and it's going to make us feel a lot different about it. And I think that's a, a good place to end up because yeah. 
I always had this conflict. I always want the Blazers to get the cheapest deal imaginable, and I always want the players to get the most money. And I think yeah, that, you want the best of both worlds, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, like, when I'm looking at it from, like, the idea of, you know, if I'm running a team, you want to spend the least amount of money. But that's not a, it's not a black and white world, so you have to take in all these other things that go into it. And I think that's, that's a really interesting proposition. It's one of those things that I really, like, if I had, you know, Joe locked in a room for an hour like Mm -hmm. what does that like kind of go into that kind of situation like that's like one of the things that i would absolutely ask like yeah it's it's always something that's really 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 interesting to me uh andrew asked danny got any details on who is going to replace amara you don't replace amara let's let's go ahead and you just get a new person yeah you you don't replace the person who was arguably the best in the entire league at it just she's she's literally gone everywhere and, and been perceived as basically the best social media person in the NBA. I mean, so, she was hired by LeBron James, so... Yeah, she got to go back home and, and be taken care of and be in a fantastic situation. And Amara, if you're watching, we love you. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Um, replacing her doesn't just happen. But I would imagine that the Blazers' uh, leadership, uh, Dwayne in particular, because this is... I would have very much imagine this is a business side hiring. Uh, Dwayne comes from the social media world. Dwayne will not make a bad hire. I mean, it's a high standard too, right? Yes. Like you're not you're not going to have that kind of that bar set and go, "Well, we're going to settle for, you know what I mean? You're going to no. try to get as close to that bar as you possibly can." And that's the thing is they 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 that bar has been built over years. Oh yeah. From yeah, Chris I mean, yeah. to right, you know right, I mean? right, like, right. They the the Blazers social media team has been viewed around not just the NBA but the sports world in general as one of the premier social media accounts in the world. I mean, Chris did a good job. I mean, Chris was really kind of at the forefront with the social media stuff because Twitter really ticked up when he kind of started taking over with it. And they've only gone up from there. So, you know, shout out the original OGs and Amara. Good luck to you. And awesome. You get to go home and work for LeBron James. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She gets to go home, too, because she's 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 an L.A. lady. Um, But we do have some good questions here. We'll kind of like I said, we'll kind of work in some questions here as we go. But uh, Brandon kind of got me these. Um, as a kind of a primer. And I think they're good questions because um, they're – we'll get, like, more into the nitty-gritty of, like, situational stuff as we start getting to it. Like, that's – I'm not going to dive into that stuff in August because there's still a month before we're going to really start talking about it. So, like, in the rundown here, I have it shaped down as, as how good is Dame. But really what we're talking about is – the idea of Damian Lillard is, I think, lost on a lot of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, particularly ESPN. Jesus, ESPN. Where do you want to start? 35 <laughs> wins? <laughs> what did they finish their season with last year? 27? Yeah, they basically... So Dame Lillard's good for just eight more wins. Yeah, eight wins. And a, okay. And not right. shutting down Anthony Simons or Yusuf okay. Nurkic or Josh Hart or okay. Justice Winslow or... Or Gary Payton and or, or Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant yeah. you know, upgrading in two different areas. And yeah. it's not even like in in a vacuum. Like, oh, the other teams around them are getting that much better. It's like, nah, they're but they're not really. Not. Like Utah's gonna disappear. The Lakers may get healthy. The Clippers may get healthy. But there was a fourteen game gap between the seventh seed and the tenth seed in what they had. They had the no. Timberwolves at forty nine wins and the Blazers at thirty five. And there will be a gap. I do not believe that gap will be that high, nor do I believe that there will be as many 50-win teams uh, as they had listed. I think there's going to be a strong, strong version of um, the haves 
and the have-nots. I don't mm-hmm. think there's going to be a lot of 35 to 41 win teams. I think everybody's going to be like 43, 44 or more when you're talking about the playoff picture. Sorry, yeah. Kings, you're not in there. <laughs> <laughs> Barring injuries. And listen, I, I, do, I, I, kinda, I kinda do like the Kings, though. They're no, they're fun. Be a fun team. Yeah, they're a fun team, man. I mean, Keegan Murray, Red Velvet, I'm about that life. Um, but as it pertains to Damian Lillard, not only does like how good is Damian Lillard, which version of him, or sorry, which version of him is best for this team, yeah. and where and how does he evolve? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because you, you posited this as like, do you think Dame can be like a first or second team All-NBA guy? Mm-hmm. And let's, let's go full cartoon here. Last time out, our star, Damian Lillard, I mean, he was a second-best point guard in the NBA. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I get people, you can only go season by season, so people are naturally going to go, well, Dame didn't largely play. He wasn't himself when he was playing. Let's go Ja Morant, too. And then, you know, you start kind of breaking it down that way. I get it, okay? But, like, let's put a little respect on a dude who's made first, second, and third team All-NBA He's a six-time All-Star. I, I mean, what he has been asked to do for this franchise in the midst of not doing a whole lot in return, it's been pretty underrated, in my opinion. Uh, and I know I'm in the bubble here, but, like, I see it, man. Like, these dudes have great teams built around them, or they jump ship and go to great teams, and they have success, and it's easy to go, well, look at that guy. But making the playoffs in Portland without another All-Star post-Lamarcus, is, it's pretty damn impressive. There's Every only so many one. players. Every year but one, there's only so many players I really believe in the league uh, can do that. And so when I posed this question to you, it wasn't so much to say, like, is Dame still great? Dame is going to be great. Yes. It's more, is he going to be the first team All-NBA Damian Lillard? Is he going to be the second team All-NBA Lillard? Are you getting third team All-NBA? Either one you would take all day. I kind of lean into I'm hoping he's more second. Now, that's not to say he doesn't deserve first or won't earn it. No, I know exactly where you're going with it. I think I'm going to be on the same level. Second team All-NBA season was Mm -hmm. uh, 2020-2021. Sorry. And he averaged Mm 28-7-4 on, what, 39% from from behind the arc. On dumb volume. Just incredible volume. Give me that Dame. That's the Dame, not that first-team Dame I'd say no to, but I think with this team, that's the Dame that kind of fits exactly what they need. They're going to need him to carry some large chunks of offense, right? They're going to stagger him and Ann a little bit. 
He's probably going to be running some small ball five with Jeremy Grant. So if you're going to be in these situations, you're going to need him to be of a certain level. And that level to me, and I believe that was the COVID year, um, or maybe it was the year after the post-COVID, COVID, the 72-game season, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, that that was a phenomenal season. And to get 28-7-4, and four, I, that's the Dame Lillard we need on 39% from behind the arc. I think that Damian Lillard gets you just at the brink, at the top of being in the bubble, if not just one seat above, maybe the six if things can break your way uh, type season. So I, I kind of looked at it, evaluated it. First team's great. I take it all day. But that second team season was so good, mm-hmm. and it's kind of exactly what I think this roster is going to need. Here's the crazy thing is, I think that the better version of this team is one where Dame has to do less. And I think that they're better equipped to do less post-LaMarcus, because LaMarcus was a workhorse. He was the high-usage guy. He was the guy carrying the burden when Dame, you know, Dame's first two years in the league. Like, it was defer to LaMarcus. He was that good. And Dame has not had that guy in six years. Now, do I think Ant can do that on his own right now? No. But do I think a combination of Ant, Grant, Nurk, Nas can alleviate that pressure to what he doesn't have to create all the time? So for the first time since LaMarcus, you have a wing threat in Jeremy Grant. You have a post threat in Yusuf Durkic and a pick and roll partner. You have arguably, not even arguably, one of the three best catch and shoot three point shooters in the league. Even if, if you're just saying Ant is just a catch and shoot guy, if you just Clay Thompson him, he's one of the three best catch and shoot players in the entire league. And that's before you get to the uh, shot creation platform that he has. Mm-hmm. And we're, I think it's going to be really interesting. Like we kind of keep talking about who's where. Nasir Little's ability to get downhill and put rim pressure on and this team's willingness to work in transition when they do go small, like basically the non-Dame units, I think the offense is going to come a lot easier, both because of their defensive pressure and because of their willingness to attack uh, four-on-three, five-on-four, odd-man opportunities. They don't get caught in the half court. As much as Dame loves to work in the half court, they won't have to they won't have to live there because that's where they've lived in the, in the post LaMarcus era is they have hell even with LaMarcus, but they had to because they just didn't make sense to play in the open court because well, Dame's okay in open court. CJ was abysmal in the open court. Aminu and Harkless were a dumpster fire. Nurk doesn't run. Like you just run down the list of guys that they've had like featured in the, in the roster since 2015. And you're like, Jesus, did nobody want – and the answer is no. Nobody wanted to run. <laughs> right. And so you, you, I think with these different opportunities, Dame's burden becomes less, and so maybe his prolific numbers come down, and he's not even not, – not even. Maybe he's more of a 25-8-4 guy where he yep. doesn't have to be 28-29-30 a night. Sure. And he's creating maybe a little bit more – and I'm not saying that, that that's, you know, he can't do it. I'm saying it's probably better that he doesn't have to. And I no, think I, I, I agree with that. No, no, I think, I think that's the spot where, like, he ends up as a second-team kind of guy. The, the, only reason, the only reason I went the, the second-team stats, and obviously I'm saying second-team, so I just went the second-team yeah, numbers. Yeah, no, no, 100%. We are, I mean, it is the slimmest in nitpicking here. 
I, I buy everything you're selling me right now. I will push back slightly. The evidence is not there. It's against me for this. Ant, young and hungry. Mm -hmm. GP2, he got to run in Gold, at Golden State. Mm -hmm. We've seen Jeremy Grant on the run when he was in Denver with OKC. Mm -hmm. I think Josh Hart. I think you're going to have Nas when he's healthy. I think there's some guys on this group that if they get an open court opportunity, they're going to take it. And so I won't be surprised to see a lot of like, and Freddie Simon's ahead and Dame's kind of trailing. Yeah. I also won't be shocked if Dame participates in that. Everything with this, when Dame collectively gets a team of buy-in, mm -hmm. you kind of get a lot of contagious things that happen with, with not just him, but like you kind of see it around with these groups, right? Yeah. Some of those better teams in Dame's time, post LaMarcus, I think it's because you had buy-in kind of everywhere, including with the star player. And so I, I, I do think they'll push it a little more, but it'll be the other guys, whereas Dame will contribute a little bit, but not to the level. I, I'm kind of more banking on 28th and 25, not that you're not right, Danny. This is an FU season. It's an awful lot to ask Dame to, to give up that leash, too. hundred percent. And it's not to me that he's like, not going to pass Danny's open. It's more no, of an yes. FU season. It, this is a clear... Oh, he's been knocked down. He wasn't mentioned. I, I can't remember who had it. It might have been Bleacher Report. Had Trey Young ranked over him. Trey and Ja, both. Trey and Ja. And, you know, fine. Argue with us about it. But, like, I've seen the sample size for a dude for over a decade now. I'll make that argument all day. And so I think there's going to be a bit of that with him this year where he's going to come out and he's coming out hungry. He's going to be a shark. And, you know, when he's healthy and Nurk's on the court with him, it's one of the best pick and rolls in the NBA. So I just think a lot of things line up for him. He's 25, great. If it's 28, I won't be surprised because I think he's really pissed. I, I've seen a lot of uh, uh, Coker time match. You think Dame will shoot off ball? Here's here's my my take on Damian Lillard and part of why. And I think a lot of this was Stotts won't let him. Stotts won't. Let him. Stotts decided to put him in pick and rolls because Damian Lillard knows what he's good at. And the pushback of why Dame wouldn't work off ball is because. Well, if he gave the ball up to the other guy, CJ, he wasn't getting it back. It's a poorly kept secret in the NBA that CJ's sub pounds the life out of the ball. And to be fair, Dame does too. But you can only have one of those guys. And so when you're talking about relocating, Dame's if he's giving that ball up, he's not getting it back. I think there's a natural willingness from Anthony, significantly more so than CJ, mm -hmm. to keep that ball moving. And so if you're looking for that glimmer of mm, the hope, I think a lot of that has to do with the personnel changes. I think the addition of Jeremy Grant and the additional spacing that that affords, where it opens it up, I think that's another part of this that changes things up is it allows that pick and roll combo of Dame and Nurk to work where if Dame right. does give it up Nurk doesn't feel like well I'm, I'm not going to touch this again yeah and so you you just kind of see that feeding into itself a little bit more Chauncey has made no secret about the style of basketball they want to play which is an equal opportunity to get folks involved I think he went a little too far with that to start the season and you saw guys uh go full uh finding Nemo and go mine Mine, 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 mine. A lot of seagulls out there. A lot of seagulls out there. <laughs> mine. Because they were, they, they was like, you know, it was a free-for-all. And yeah. then he reeled that back in and was like, all right, let's go a little little more pick-and-roll heavy. Let's let's go with what we know, okay? 
um, a lot of that was because some guys just weren't ready for that yet. And that's okay. And that's going to take some time. But I think in a more free-flowing offense, really based on personnel and style mm-hmm. that they've built the roster around, uh, I think that's going to afford more opportunities to make guys feel more involved. Because if you're more connected on one end of the floor, then you're more likely to kind of figure it out on the other end. I think that just kind of feeds into itself, which I think we saw negatively last year. where often, Everybody talks about, well, you have to be connected offense or defensively. Everybody knows that. But if you're not getting yours or getting something offensively without being hyper-locked into your role, like we just don't see very often, then guys check out. That's human nature. That's just kind of how it goes. But I think we're kind of in lockstep as far as like what we expect from Dame. Like, there's going to be some scorched earth. Like, if I'm if the over under on Damian Lillard fifty point games next year is four and a half, I'm taking the over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is insane to say out loud because five fifty point games is bonkers. But also, I think it's well within his wheelhouse. I mean, he he probably counts last year, even though what did he play twenty? Would he play like thirty or forty games? He played something. He played a decent amount, but like. He wasn't himself, right? He admitted as much. We, we, the show, AKU, you, you identified that after like the second game. You're like, mm, didn't look good, didn't look right, getting called out by other people in the in the media market. You know, I'm on his reference page right now, and it's funny that you asked the 50 point thing. He's the all, he's already the all time leader in franchise history for it. So, I I don't know, man. I think I just think a lot of things line up for him to kind of have that scorched earth season. Not that he's going to be putting more work on himself i just think the way the team is kind of built versus or built plus his kind of i'm i'm still here mfers attitude yes it's going to lend itself for him to have pretty damn good numbers and, and kind of get back to that hey man like i'm, I'm in this too like you guys kind of forgot about me because i was on the sidelines but I, i'm still here and he'll he'll let a reminder be known i would expect he opened up that playoff series against okc the same way he closed it from 37 yeah. feet. Yep. I would not be surprised if in the opening game of the season he let something fly very quickly. Just a 42-foot shot. Just let everybody know. <laughs> By the way, core's fine. Just yeah, core's good. Core got core got fixed. We're good. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next question you had. And I thought this was really poignant because everybody wants to talk about what, what lineups look like. Da, 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 da. This is a very hyper-specific question. Who gets the short in the stick if GP2 is playing stout defense and they need him to close a game? That is going to be a real question on a nightly basis. Because there are some nights where you have to play Yusuf Nurkic because if you don't, you are going to get the crap kicked out of you. Mm -hmm. Physically, you're just not big enough. There are other nights when you don't. Those nights are few and far between as far as like where you have to be big have to like the Joel Embiid's and the Cole Jokic's the Timberwolves uh the Grizzlies yeah. when they're healthy like the Lakers if AD's on the, the court Lakers if AD's yeah. on the floor the Suns if you know again like there's Aiden, there's yeah. there's probably eight or ten of these but every night there's a perimeter threat that bothers you unless Dame and Ant both take pretty substantial steps forward which I I do believe that they they can take steps forward now how big a steps we'll see yeah. We'll get into that as we get closer to the season. But who takes the short in the stick, a.k.a. who's not on the floor? When I, If I say on, on any given night, who's the first guy you think comes off the floor? So what do you think the starting lineup is, 
Let's just throw that out there. Let's Dame, start there. Dame Ant Nas Grant Nurk. Like that's, okay. I, I would be shocked if it's anything other than that at this point. I would be too. I think on your Denver nights, your Anthony Davis's healthy nights, your DeAndre Ayton nights and Minnesota nights, you're going to see Nas get the short end of that stick. And I think they're going to just run with smaller front court or smaller back court, and you'll have Grant and Nurk there. I think on any other night, I think it's going to be Nurk. And that was kind of my takeaway with Joe when we interviewed him was he didn't need he didn't need to tell me. He didn't need to tell anybody that they knew they were small and that they were looking at Winslow and Jeremy Grant to play the five. He didn't need to say that out loud. He very well could have just kept that to himself and people still would have wondered, but he could have never said anything. But he chose to say something. And when when somebody does that, it's with intention. That gets my gears going. And so, like, yeah, obviously Jokic is on the court. He kind of owns Nurk, but, like, you still need a big body. You right? still need seven foot, three hundred pounds. you you, you got to be able to re- offer that resistance. I think in those nights it's, it's going to be Nas, and they're just going to say, you know what, GP can play bigger, and we're, running, we're not going to sit Ann or Dame, obviously, and Jeremy's good, and we need a body. I think in every other instance – including, like, let's take the Clippers with... Um, if they take Zubac uh, off the floor. Zubac off... Yeah, let's say... I, I think in those instances, you're going to see it be Nurk. I really do. I think they're going to not be afraid to run small ball five and say, we got gunners, and some of these dudes are going to push you off the court with their tempo. I, I just think that's kind of where I would lean. I think most nights it's going to be Nurk in the obvious, hey, the Toronto Raptors have nine seven-foot guys playing right now, yeah. I think it's going to be Nas. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the early thought process is when they go big. Um, I Honestly, I think they they shy away from GP. I think they give Nas the opportunity. Now, so even I, I'm, I'm talking about instances where GP is obviously locking somebody up and playing amazing on the defensive end. You don't necessarily want to just give that up right away, No, right? And I, th- I think the first person you take off the floor in almost any scenario is going to be Nurk. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just, it's just, and it's nothing like against Nurk at all. It's That's about the, fit. It's, it's not about a Nurk fit. Thing. It's about well, the, way, the versatility and the kind of like what they're hoping to do. Now, if Nurk all of a sudden lost like 60 pounds and became fleet-footed, <laughs> sure. He starts. He starts like twinkle toes. Fred Flintstones around the court. <laughs> little baby deer going up the court, which I don't foresee ever happening. Nor should it. Yeah. He's he's a he's a he's a big dude, and he can should maintain being a big dude for sure. But GP is and and will always be this weird version of like he's. I hate saying it because we talk about positionless, positionless, position. He's really positionless. He really he's. He's a freak. He's a weirdo. Like him and Bruce Brown don't really make sense. They just are. Yeah. They're just basketball players, and they just they do stuff. You're like, but you're not big enough, and like, mm, bullshit. Watch this, and it doesn't doesn't really make a ton of sense. Is that they're just gonna find a way if somebody's popping off. I think they're going to, number one, allow Nas to try to take that first. and But if GP is having one of his games where he's, you know, he's got four steals and clearly driving right. somebody absolutely insane, which in his 1,200 minutes last season, he did a lot. 
then I think it's, it's, it's a good problem to have. How do I get this guy on the floor? Here's the thing. I think you may see some more. I, we didn't see Chauncey do a lot of it because, well, he didn't have to, nor should he have. I think you'll see some more situational coaching. Offense for defense. Uh, let, let's say your closing lineup is the starting lineup, but you do want to get GP2 out there. There's seven minutes left in the game. Well, instead of bringing Dame back immediately, maybe you let him sit for two more minutes. Maybe instead of bringing mm-hmm. Ant back for the final seven minutes, you bring him back for three, sit him for two, bring GP in to lock some stuff up, and you bring Ant in to close the final three. Maybe it's Nas. Like, I know it's a little disruptive, but perhaps that's a way of, of finding – like having a guy as good defensively as Gary Payton is, Gary Payton II is, is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what I come down to. Oh, for sure. And you can find a way to shoehorn him onto the floor. And I think it's ultimately what they end up doing is they do find a way to shoehorn him onto the floor. Because when it comes down to how many minutes do you think uh, GP will play this year in a game on average? Probably 28, 27. Yeah, I I land about 26. Yeah. So more like at or more than half the game. Mm -hmm. That means... If he plays the entire second quarter and the entire third quarter, he's at 24. And he's going to play probably eight in each. So he's right. going to pick up four or so on on either side of that. So on a good night, does that mean he picks up eight more or four more in the fourth quarter? And so that's, that's where I think you, you, you situationally find a way to like, hey, man, it's a sideline out of bounds and we're going to – go offense or defense here and gp i want you to take him and i want you to make his life hell for the next 24 seconds and, I th- and having that ability while also saying oh if he's in there like if we we don't have to you know get him out of the get him out of the game because what he started to do was knock down corner threes so you use him like a a, a, a floor spacer or you put him in pick and rolls and you put it make a team go oh crap we actually have to worry about him as a corner guy and it opens things up on the offensive end and now you start dictating to another team so you hit on something there like i feel like if we had chauncey as the third screen on this podcast right now he'd say okay yeah okay yeah i agree i agree and where i'd see the pushback is maybe the suggestion of taking nurk off one i don't think he publicly would ever say that because he knows that he would potentially lose the big guy but two i think what you hit on with nas there even though i said like it probably nas my gut would tell me that Chauncey, Joe, the whole organization. They want to see Nas succeed there. They really want to see Nas show it. And yep. so maybe Nas will show it early to the point where you still get GP to those minutes. And even on the nights where he's playing really well, you go, hey, big dog, thanks for everything you gave us. And you go back to your, your closing lineup. And then that includes Nas. I, I just I was more thinking in the nights where he is going no, I, I crazy? think in both situations, because you're going to try you, – on any given night, you're going to try to find a way to get GP2 on the floor. And you have to. I mean, you yeah. signed him to do that. It's just more the – maybe their thinking is we can get Nas to a pretty close level, and we feel like we'll have, two, we'll have another one of those kinds of assets, right? Like we – they their clear goal was they wanted to improve defensively. They did that, mm-hmm. right? They did that. They didn't necessarily get the size they wanted, but they got the defense they wanted. And maybe part of that thinking is we have a 6'5", you know, 215-pound kid 
who has not been healthy for a whole year, and he's working his butt off, he'll show that he is one of those dudes. Nas is like 235 now. Okay. Well, I haven't seen him. I haven't touched his arms. I haven't given him a hug like you. I'm sorry if I shortchanged him. No, no, no. I was, was going to say, that's like, I think that's kind of to the point of what you're saying is yes. he is taking that serious because he looks yes. huge. He looks well, like they, they, they want him to be that wing stopper. And the good thing about the NBA is, like, it's not as physical maybe as it once was. I do think they're allowing a little more physicality. When you get bigger and stronger, maybe your footwork ain't as clean as the guy on offense. But, man, when you get your body close to as in front as you can and that body hits them and they're like, whoa, it's like a wall. Yeah. That's a way to make up for what you're, whatever you're lacking defensively. The Sean Marion-esque barrel yes. chest where you're like, God damn, you're a lot bigger than I thought you were. You know? Damn it, you look so skinny, Matrix. What's going on here? <laughs> then you hit him in the chest, and you're like, oh, you're that big. Okay, you're just, just a large human. Um, I think we're, we're, we're kind of in lockstep as far as like how this ultimately goes. And again, this is, this is just one of many, many storylines, but like trying to figure out how they weave their way into that I think is, is a very interesting thought process because of what they have said they want to do and what they have done with the roster because like Joe has basically said it doesn't doesn't all fit together perfectly that's that's what Chauncey Bell's job is to do here is a kind of mad scientist and stuff which I think that's gonna be interesting this it allows the previous roster iterations have not allowed for a whole lot of flexibility mm-hmm. I that that much is true are they fully there like the Clippers no are they closer to what they want to be? Yes. So let's kind of see where that goes. Um, this last question you said, I think this is a big, big question. And one that we'll, we'll talk to him about next week. Can Anthony Simons break through and be more than the near all-star guy that CJ McCollum was? And I think that's a real question where everybody talks about um, – the swing players are like, well, how good is Jeremy Grant? Or will Yusuf Nurkic be this? Or will Nas be acceptable or, you know, meet the, the expectations of the starting three? Will Josh Hart do this? Man, we are forgetting the guy who had a month to six weeks of some of the best basketball we've ever seen from this organization individually. And I don't expect him to be that guy. But I do expect him to surpass C.J. McCollum when it's all said and done. And I know how lofty a bar that is. C.J. McCollum, I believe, is fifth right now as an all-time scorer. Is he fourth? All-time Probably going to get his number retired at some point. Yes. I mean, he's yeah. be, he was that good in Portland. Mm-hmm. I think Ant has the capability to be better. And it's not that I think Ant's a better basketball player right now. It's that, he, it's that he is a better fit. He's a more natural shooter. He's a better shooter. His athleticism lends to more creation and ability on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. And I feel like there's just much more willingness to be a part of something than to be the something, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And while the bar to getting to an all-star level is insane, while I don't think it happens this year, I do very much believe that he has the ability and the propensity to be an all-star. He has the skills necessary to pass the bar that C.J. McCollum put down. You took me to church there. Yeah, you like that? I was like, mm, mm, amen, amen. Um, 
you know, th- this is something I've been thinking about a lot. And, and this is obviously one of those off-season uh, big pondering questions. The reason it came to my mind was the first couple of years, it's great. It's like, I mean, you, who didn't frame it this way? Whether you on TV or me on the radio, who didn't at one point in the first couple of years of the Dame CJ thing, even if you thought they should trade him? I thought they should trade him literally after the Memphis series. But go on. I mean, sure. No, and I don't blame you for the I don't blame you for the opinion. But like knowing they were going to keep him. Mm-hmm. Who at one point didn't utter those words? I mean, he's basically an all-star, right? Like we kept referring to that. In the first couple of years, it's like, cool. It's a good player. By the way, should be noted, Jalen Brown never been an all-star. I don't think I'd trade him for Kevin Durant. Like as crazy as that might sound to you, I don't think I would do it because it's an, eventually I think Jalen Brown is going to be an all-star. But my point is basically that wore off pretty quick. Like after two or three years of CJ, it was like, yeah, I keep hearing he's almost like an all-star. At, at some point, you just got to say he's not. Remember that 13-game stretch to start the season before he got hurt? And it was like, if he keeps this up this whole season, yes. it's like that's the best 13-game yes. stretch of his career right there. And, it, and look, it sucks that he got hurt. We don't know. We really can't say what he would have continued to do or not do. But when he came back, he just didn't get to that level again. And maybe that's just first beginning of the season stuff. But that was as close as it got. It was 13 games. So can Ant do it? I think he's capable. I more pose this question for you of the, do you really buy that in maybe two years this dude is going to elevate, or maybe it's three because they just signed him. But whatever that shorter-term number is for you, he can do that because yeah. I'm still not 100%, and it's not a it's not a, an indictment on his skill level in any way. It's just it's tough. In the West, it's really tough to be an all-star, but we know they paid him. They kept him around. They look at him as that guy that can take that step. Number one, we got something in the comments. Um, Richmond mentioned him uh, when we were talking. The best name of YouTube commenters I've seen so far, dogging him for 36. <laughs> just, it's just great. A little bit of the, little bit of the eye test and a little bit of the mm-hmm. analytics coming together. Um, but the, I think I've, 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 no, I have. I have told this story before. Um, relatively recently. I've always thought Anthony Simons was going to be a good player. Not not great, because I, I don't think most guys aren't great. And most of the time, greatness does not come out of the top five. Like, once you get out of the top five, top seven, you don't get greatness all that often. Yes, I know Jimmy Butler, Giannis, Draymond, uh, historically, greatness comes from the top of the lottery. That's just what mm-hmm. happens. You can get greatness in other places, but we're just talking numbers. The idea of Anthony Simons and what he is, and like I always thought, like this is a, this is an NBA player, like this is a good player. Mm-hmm. At the, when he got drafted, my first thought was, if he puts a couple things together, I can see him being an electric sixth man, just absolutely electric. I don't know if he can start. I got to see how he physically how he fills out. And after, I think, the first season, going into the second season, I was like, I am very comfortable saying that this guy will be at least 75% of what C.J. McCollum is right now. Which, mm-hmm. that's a lot. That's a very good player. And then last year happened. And him and I were talking back and forth, and I told him that. Like, listen, man, I always thought that you would be a good player. You and I have talked about this. Duh. 
I never thought you were capable of what you just did. This is like right after they shut him down. <laughs> and it, it was great because he goes, it's funny, I just talked to my dad about five minutes ago. He said the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, that's not like a, a knock to Ant because greatness in among the greats is insane. To be a rotation-level NBA player is a difficult thing. To be a starting-level player in the NBA is an incredible thing. To put up six weeks of 30-7 and seven while shooting 45-41-90, while you've got teams throwing box and ones at you because they don't care, and to still succeed, that shows me a level of ability that truly only the elite touch now can he get there and maintain it that's the biggest question that's always the biggest question because everybody in the nba is capable of popping off for all the guys out there who hated when myers leonard was here remember game four the western conference finals Mm -hmm. when it was kevin durant versus myers leonard yeah he had that crazy big first half 25 points couldn't miss everything yep Every single. They also left him wide open. I just want to note that, like, they literally were like, "Dude, go ahead, please beat us." And he and he, he was. He kept him around. Kept him around. Yeah. And that, but that's kind of my point. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think of a, a guy, whether it's it's Myers, whether it's Ant. Like, we've seen Corey Brewer had a fifty-point game. Guys can pop off. The consistency is what matters. And what yeah. I saw from Ant last year was that when all the cards are stacked against him and defenses are loading up for him, he still delivered. Mm -hmm. So my belief in him, he did more for a longer period of time. This isn't a shot at CJ because CJ never had this opportunity because Dame was never down to really show that I'm that guy. And will he be able to reach beyond that alongside Damian Lillard? Probably not. Dame will probably have to either retire or move on for Ant to be truly actualized. But do I think that he can be an all-star? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because it's just, it's also important to me, like, you know, if we're talking about this new iteration of the Blazers with Dame in this era, and he's got a blurb out there that made the rounds on Twitter with Lamar. There's an interview coming. I can't wait to watch it. uh, Where he's like talking about, I can see the parade on Broadway. Okay. That kind of buy-in is like, mm-hmm. you're just mentally going to, you're here. You're here. You ain't going anywhere. This is great. We can't, we, the proverbial we, uh, the team, they can't run into the same problem they had before this, though. And the problem was they didn't have an all-star. Now, sometimes when things are going well and you can't quite break through, maybe your all-star list outside Dame, trade opportunities present itself and it's dame and it's Ann and it's hey there's a piece out there that wants to play with those two you know whatever that is they need another all-star like that's the one thing they have not given this man since lamarcus left and so i i hope that ant can fill that in and and fill that void for them because it'd be huge it also make all these people questioning that contract like what why are we questioning that contract the man can handle the rock he can get his own shot he can lead an offense when Dame needs to sit. Like it's pretty clear to me why they'd give him a hundred plus million dollars, but you still have people question it. So I just think, I think it's really vital for them to have that all star 
It's obviously we're hoping that it's Anthony Simons at the two or playing alongside Dame. Uh, and I, I just kind of think last year paired with having to kind of play second to third fiddle off the bench has more prepared him for this role than it has maybe even CJ when CJ stepped in after the Memphis series and the Marcus left. So I think it's a good opportunity for him coming off of what he just did. Plus, you mentioned the defense. The defenses were gearing up for him without Dame. How are the defenses yeah. going to defend Dame versus him? They're not, you know, they'll probably have times where they send two, but if Dame moves the ball, like, they're going to find somebody, and if that dude has an open shot or he's one-on-one with a weaker defender, like, there's just a lot of benefits to it. So I hope he takes that step because that's, that's what we need, right? We need this team to be better defensively, but in this Dame era, we've also been – begging and hoping for another all-star. So I, I hope he takes that step. I really do. And the thing is, do I think it's likely, particularly this year? No. But do I think he has the capability and the capacity in him? Yes. Whereas with CJ, I didn't believe it. Like He had that stretch. What is that? 2018-19. And I remember Joe, Shane, and I were talking about it. Like, And I said, I don't think this is something that's sustainable. I don't think he can keep doing this. It's not, it's not within his realm. Like he, sure. can, he can have nights. There's no, but CJ has had too many of those games of 20 points, one assist, three rebounds mm-hmm. where it's just the scoring where with Ant, when he was in that role, it was, he's doing everything. Do you remember the head to head he had with Trey young? Yeah. I, mean, like, I just, remember the John ja, the ja Morant one. I mean, like the dude had he, he had some games. Games. Yes. It was one after another after another after another. And it was like, my goodness, this guy's like and that's that's where I think that I think Ant can be a star. Do I mm-hmm. think he can be a superstar? No. But I don't think anybody can be a superstar until they get there. So I looked up I just looked up the West Reserves last year. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Western Conference Reserves, they were Devin, Luca, Gobert, Draymond, Donovan, CP, Carl Anthony. I think Chris Paul is going to lose his spot, and Donovan might still end up getting traded. We don't know. Might go east. Uh, yeah, might go east. Donovan's but numbers, you also for didn't example. Have, you didn't have Kawhi or PG on the roster either. So. No, yeah, that that's fair. But, have, like, but again, you're also going to have a ton of those guys that we're talking about that are going to age out. Like LeBron's only been around for a couple more years. Right. CP's only been around a couple more years. Like right, the next right. generation, we talk about the next generation of guards just in the NBA, not even in the Western Conference. Anthony Simons, Anthony Edwards, uh, Tyler Harrow, Jordan mm-hmm. Poole. Like, there are guys, like, 20 to 24. There is a new group of guards that are coming up in the NBA. And Desmond Bain is in that list, too. Like, those are the guys that are getting into that group. Those will be the next group of all-stars. Those will be the next guys that you... Which one of these guys, you know, is is being slighted and hasn't made an All Star game? Which one makes it first? Which one makes the most? Like, like that's that's how it gets to it. And I I don't mean this disrespectfully. I really don't because he I really like watching him play. I just think if Fred Van Vliet can do it, Anthony Simons can do it. Yes. Like you you just got to put together the nice numbers. Your team has to have a good record. If Portland's that's ever the in the next two years yeah. a top four team, they're going to get that respect. And so I think that's. The window will be there. It's just a matter of will he go through the window. Trying to throw my guy through a window? 
The door will be open. Will he step through <laughs> the it? The ceiling is the roof. The window thing, I said it, and I was like, that kind of sounds dumb. Sounds like he's breaking and entering. I'm not going to say that. He's got the keys. Will he unlock the door? There you go. There you go. There we go. It's his house. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. We're gonna try, I tried to keep this one a little bit shorter, and we ended up going 50 minutes anyways because I don't, shut, don't up. shut up. <laughs> yeah, but I get paid more for it now. Uh, <laughs> hey. hey. Um with that in mind, thank you all. Like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe here to the channel. If you want to join, that will get you into the watch parties, which we're going to bring back here very quickly. We're going to do some film stuff. Ooh. So I'll have some stuff for, for all of the members. Uh, I will have an actual date. And uh, if you can't make it, what I will do with it is I will put it locked on the YouTube channel so I can actually grab the recordings from Watch Playback and make that happen. So, uh, which is very, very cool. Um, we'll have Ant next week. I just got to work down which day. Uh, we probably will not have him live. Brandon and I will probably record and then post it. Uh, I'm still working on a couple other players just because everybody's everybody's actually coming back to town, I think, in the next week or two. Uh, Jabari said that they were going to try to get everybody kind of start coming in with the young guys, I believe, in the next two weeks. And in, honestly, in three weeks, we're in September. And yeah. camp, camp's opening up. So yep. um, that will be... It's as much as the dog days of August are here, they're going to come and go real quick. And you're like, oh, hey, it's basketball season. Um, again, if you haven't already, uh, leave us a review on, on iTunes. Help us grow the show. Share us with friends, share us with friends and family. You can find us on social media at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's, jackramsey's at gmail.com. I mentioned it earlier on Twitter today, but all the profits from the show this next month we're going to take and um, we're going to put that towards teachers' uh, school lists. So if you're a teacher oh, out there, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I figured that'd be a cool way to do it this time. Um, if you're a teacher out there and you've got an Amazon wish list, um, even if we can't cover it all, send it to me on Twitter. I will I will retweet it and share it if we if if we can't fulfill it. Uh, I'll make sure we get as many eyes on it as we can. Um, but I'm gonna take and and get as much on um, much stuff as we can on this. So uh, it's one of the things we said when we when we started Jack Ramsey's. We always want to make sure. Uh, Brandon doesn't know yet, but his paycheck's going into this too. No, I kid. Um, this is this is Brand Brandon gets his money. I just cut him a check and, and call it good. Um, no, send, send it to the teachers, man. I'd rather them have everything they need. Than I, I just I figured that was a cool way to shit. do this, right? You know. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's an important time. Uh, teachers need to be supported now more than ever, and so I'm I'm all about that. I, I saw too many of the Amazon wish lists. On Twitter. Yeah, I saw Keith Smith do one, and I was like, "Shit, man! There's a lot of teachers yeah. that don't have anything." I, so I want to make thought, sure I would have thought the funding was there, but I guess I don't know anything. Yeah, so I want to <laughs> make sure kids, you know, kids have crayons and pencils and markers and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's it's a little thing that we can do, but it's something we can do. So I want to make sure we, we we do it when we can. Um, you can watch Brandon with Dirt and Sprake every morning, 6 to 9 on 1080 The Fan. You can follow me and Dusty, Danny and Dusty, noon to 3, also on 1080 The Fan. Uh, you can follow our shows. Uh, mine's at Danny and Dusty on Twitter. Please help uh, help us grow the little little baby show. It's a whole month old now. Um, what's your guys' handle for your show? Yeah, Dirt and Sprague. That's what I thought, Dirt and Sprague. Yeah. Um, you would think the social media director would know that, but I haven't looked at everything because I have so much training it's ungodly. <laughs> the, the corporate training manuals are insane. Odyssey. It's an Odyssey <laughs> network. God, it is 
yeah, I'm not going to go into it. It's a lot. But again, thank you all so, so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, like I said, when we get the uh, player interviews, they probably won't be live. So you'll, all of a sudden you'll be like, poof, you'll see a player interview. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Um, go watch some baseball. Go hang out. Go watch a little bit of a little bit of preseason foosball. We got the Hell whole yeah. for it. And yep. uh, what, we're less than a, how many, what, three weeks away from Georgia, Oregon. Yeah, got, big little game. We got got kickoffs coming. Fo- football everywhere. So football, football. basketball, it'll all coming together. Uh, again, thank you all so so very much. Until next time, take care. Have a wonderful night, and we will talk soon. Bye. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com